0: Welcome to Amadon Planet. I'm your host, Joel Amadon. Thank you for joining me on this never-ending quest to learn how to teach better. Today on episode 86 of the podcast is Jeff McManus, lead cultivation officer of the Jeff McManus Group and director of landscape services at the University of Mississippi. We had Jeff on episode 46 of Amadon Planet to talk about his book, Growing Weeders into Leaders, Leadership Lessons from the Ground Level. Well, he is back to talk about his latest book, Cultivate. Tailgate Huddles to Grow Stronger Teams, which I would describe as like this leadership conversation, like catalyst, right? Something to get talking about the principles of good leadership in an informal environment, I guess, like a tailgate of a truck. So as always, just know that during this conversation, Jeff and I will be able to communicate, will not be able to communicate the whole value of his book. And even if we did, it would be from our perspective in other words, if you like what you hear, get the book for yourself. You can find the book on bookshop.org. That's a website committed to helping local independent bookstores thrive in the age of e-commerce. A link to bookshop.org can be found in the show notes of this episode, which would be amadonplanet.com forward slash episode 86, where your purchase will not only support local booksellers, but also the production costs of the Amazon Planet podcast. So... Um, or also, you know what, better yet, wander down to your local bookseller like Square Books here in Oxford, Mississippi, and pick up a copy. All right, let's not delay. Here's my conversation with Jeff McManus on his book, Cultivate Tailgate Huddles to Grow Stronger Teams."
1: Hey, welcome back to Ammit on Planet. Jeff, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Joel. Thanks
0: for having me. Well, I was looking back, Jeff. We So we're on, uh, I think I just posted uh by the time this goes out there about episode 84 we talked on episode 46 talking about your book weeders to uh uh my my my, my title for the episode was teaching weeders to be leaders so that's why i was tripping over it but uh but that was a great conversation with a a great text and now we're back again to talk about another book
1: yes we are yes
0: tailgate huddles to grow stronger teams and I love it, Jeff. I love the what you. What I really love about it, the size of it, because yeah. it feels like it could go in your back pocket almost. It's something you can carry around with you, or easily throw into a bag. And I, and I think that's kind of the point of it, right? I don't know. What, that's right. What, how did this book come to be?
1: Well, it's supposed to be convenient. It's right, and it's supposed to be yeah. light, light reading, uh, light, quick reading. And it's it's kind of the way we're set up now. You, the, from the generations now, we have gone as technology has become more prevalent you know, our attention spans are a lot shorter and the book short stories, um, supposed to be just like you said, pocket size, it's a five by seven. It's, it's, you know, it could take a little beating, a little banging here and there, a nice little cover, but it's supposed to be a workbook, right? it's really a workbook for people to be successful out in the field. Yeah. I like, I mean, too, even saying
0: like tailgate huddles to grow stronger teams and on the picture on the cover, you got a picture of two guys sitting on a tailgate. It looks like they're Growing stronger, just sitting there. I love
1: the image is yeah. good, the title's good, they, everything's everything's good. I, I appreciate it. I, I had to recruit those guys from our church. So it's yeah, pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> I said I'm gonna make y'all famous. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not like gonna kinda, pay you anything. So like hang like, oh, <laughs> on. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um hey,
0: so Jeff, describe the the so you talk about like the light reading and and being able to carry it with you. So what what's the general format of the book?
1: Well, the format is just—it's a—it's a, it's a really—it's a—a character or a word or a short description. So, uh, to begin with, just to open up. So, you may have the word "coachable." Yeah, that's the word. That's the title of the chapter, "Coachable," and we give a quick little definition. They're not definitions I looked up. They're definitions that came from what I, how I use that word. Mm-hmm. And then there's a quote, and then and then there's just a simple story, really short, maybe two three paragraphs. And then there's some questions, and, and the intent is is that you know we learn with stories, we learn uh, by others, and it's like a case study. They're fictional, but they're based on true stories, and it's, it gives the question gives people the opportunity to talk about something besides what we're doing today, right? Uh, what what's the work list look like? This gives us opportunity to go a little deeper and to help build culture.
0: Yeah, and and we were. Did some talking. I'm like, man, we're spoiling the podcast here. But I did some talking about some other kind of texts that it kind of reminds me of. One was uh, Coach Wooden's Pyramid of Success. We just did an episode on that. Uh, with. I talked about it with my friend Shane where we kind of revisited one of Coach Wooden. In his Pyramid of Success, he has these individual characteristics kind of like this where he'll talk about it, define it, have a short story. But then also, too, the thing about uh, Horst Schulze in his book uh, – well, in, in his practice – when he was running the Ritz Carlton, um, having these stand-up meetings where they would talk about some sort of uh, principle or concept from you know, they're running the this uh, running the hotels and having these meetings where hey let's let's come up with some common language some common vernacular some common understandings about what we're trying to do here and it like there's power there I mean those are some successful people that, uh, you know, Horace Schulze and, and, coach Wooden that, that thinking about these sorts of things, like, I mean, it's a, that's pretty, uh, pretty powerful stuff you're working with.
1: Well, I don't claim to have any original ideas myself. So oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I, I mean, you put me in a great class there, but I, that's who I learned from. I, I learned from, and, and great leaders do, uh, learn from other great leaders. Right. So I feel like John Wooden was one of the best. I mean, he won 11 national championships in basketball. I mean, that was just unheard of and still is. And then Horsey, who you, st- who you just m- mentioned, I got to meet him for the first time about two months ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, it was just neat uh, to to hear him talk in front of the group, but I had always admired him from afar because I had seen his material. I had heard they do how Ritz Carlton did the stand-up huddles. And so I, you know, I borrowed some of those concepts from uh, these leaders, and to create this. Now, uh, this is really written for the green industry, right? For landscapers, mm-hmm. yep, yep. parks and rec, and and th- that's the audience. That's the stories around. But the stories work for I don't care what you're doing. Right. And you're going to talk about an initiative, right? So this just gives you a place to talk about that, mm-hmm. and you know, is one of the words. So. Yeah. I, I would say that I I didn't necessarily re, recreate anything, but I just put a spin on it for uh, leaders to use. And I, yeah. I just got a text from a guy who is in South Carolina and he's a business owner. He has five different, business uh, five locations. And he said, we just did our first uh, story and cultivate. And he said, it went great. He goes, I nice. can't, can't wait to do this for the rest of the year. So he was super pumped about the book.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, that, and you know, making the connection to horse. It was like, you couldn't go to work unless you you know talked about one of these sorts of things and so that was the way that he did it but have you heard about how people are like how is this business owner using it is he using it once a once a day or is he once a week or is it you know every other you know i'm not meeting? i'm not
1: sure that's probably a good follow up i set it up to use it thinking in my head that you could use it once a week mm-hmm. um, but it, but again that could be too much um it wouldn't it be great to use it once a day yeah. right there's 32 and so it gives you a little extra one but literally um, you 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 forget a lot of things, but you it gives it gives again repetition, which is how we learn. So um, I really didn't think people would use it every day, and I haven't heard yet. But I did I did get that text, so I'm, I'm I got I need to follow up and see how he's using it.
0: Well, I mean it is so. There's the 32 words, and I like that they're in alphabetical order too. So if you're looking to find one that you really like, you can go back to it fairly easily. What right. I what I like Jeff too is that. When I was, you know, paging through some of the other texts that we talked about, but then looking at this one, you're bringing up words like circle back and, you know, having, uh, having, uh, is it high standards? Is that exactly high Uh, standards? Yep. Initiative. Being dependable, like these things that we hear, it's almost like buzzwords sort of stuff, or like taking in the, the big picture or what's your blind spot or like things that you hear that people throw in, but not, not necessarily ever like putting a pin on what are you actually talking about by circling back, right? What are you actually yeah. talking about by having high standards? And here again, is your definition, your quote, and your story, and around coming back and, and like having, now we have a common understanding by going through this as a team, a common understanding of these words that again, just kind of get thrown around sometimes is, I mean, maybe it it was that sort of thing that, Hey, make sure, are we all on the same page here? Are we all talking about the same thing? Was that sort of the motivation for some of these words that you threw in, put in the book?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we, we, I mean, take this simple word trust you know you and i have a our, our, when we think of that we we most people have a general understanding but this gives us an opportunity to talk about hey when you call in late four out of the five days of the week what does it do to trust <laughs> yeah right and we don't always associate our actions with trust and may, But yet our actions is what builds our trust or mm-hmm. tears it down. And so, yes, it's to help us with that commonality, eye for detail. I put that in there because mm-hmm. in the discovery, eye for detail can mean a lot of different things. Even in the in the plant world, when we talk about this on on a major college campus, having an eye for detail, in what area? Are you talking about turf? Are you talking about the trees? Are you talking about the shrubs, the flowers, and you know litter? And so when we start breaking it down into smaller groups, you know we're managing a large property. That helps us get clarity on what eye for detail means. And so, yes, I, th- it was very intentional to try to get people to have that because once you get clarity and you're communicating, man, it speeds up production. It makes you more efficient because we're – Using the same language and we mm-hmm. quickly communicate. So yes. Yeah. Good good eye.
0: Well, I mean and, and two, I mean you design this again for you know your field and, and thinking about you know landscaping and, and and general maintenance folks. And so thinking about some of the conversations that I've heard Horst Schultz having and, and when he's talking about people in the hotel industry of the dishwashers, the waiters, the, the busboys, the those that are cleaning rooms, um, and thinking about you know if, well, and I'll I'll put it in the same way that I think that he did. And maybe you'd say the same thing. If you don't show up for, to work one day, it might be okay. But if they don't show up to work, well, that's a big problem, right? And Horace Schulze would say, if, if we're not checking people in, if we're not cleaning the dishes, if we're not you know, making the beds, that's a big problem. If I don't show up, things will still keep going on. But if those, that's if right. you all don't show up, that's a big deal. So like investing in the folks that are frontline uh, workers, frontline people that are going to like, that are the face of, of the organization is, is pretty important.
1: Well, we have to take on our role as a leader Mm -hmm. is that we're really growing leaders. If you want to be successful and you want to have a culture where everything is running smoothly and your customers are wowed by it and you're, you're making money and you actually have free time and you can go on vacation, grow your people. Mm -hmm. Cultivate the greatness in them, grow them, and empower them because you can trust them. But if you don't want to, and you like to be the center of attention, and you like the drama, and you like for everybody to have to come to you to get the answers, then don't grow your people. Keep them, keep them at the same level. Don't tell people things. Make make people have to work in crisis mode all the time. You'll stress people out. People will leave. And you know, it depends on how you want to manage. And I have found the latter part of my career. The more I grow my people, the better my quality of my life is. The better the uh, the properties are, and and they do so much better. They love working here, so that's yeah. you know it's a win for everybody when you grow people.
0: Yeah. Well, and and again, I'm coming from it from a education mindset, and even thinking too about you know having a common understanding about these terms within an uh, like a school right or in a d- department here at the university and thinking about well what does this mean you know and what does this look like within our context what are our stories for each of these words and how do we line up that way and so like having that again sort of alignment that's going on when you're doing this book is like that, that's pretty important because then also too like you're saying if the leader uh, if the leader can sit back and let his people do the things that his or her people do the things that they need to do and they're in line with this common DNA, well then that,
1: that that, that does make for a great day at work, right? That's right. So just like for us is um, our folks get asked for directions daily, right? Mm -hmm. There's lost parents, there's lost students. And so our folks are the ones out in the field. They're out there interacting. Well, how do you want them to respond to that? and they they need if you don't tell them they'll figure out, and it may or may not be what you want them to do, so you mm-hmm. have to have those conversations, silly things like even how they're working in their in their zones or their areas, and they're approached by people or or people invade their space. you know it's really not their space, but the common space is how do you want them to interact? How do you want them to do that and and once you start uh getting this solidified. And that people know, then you really can move on to those next levels. You can just go beyond. You don't have to. You're not dealing with uh, emergency phone calls. You're not dealing with uh, people calling and being upset about things because they're just not. You know, those bad things aren't happening as much. Yeah. And that's that's what I have really enjoyed. Is my phone just you know doesn't ring that much for crisis mode anymore because our folk. We I feel like we're much more on the same page. Yeah. I wonder too, this is curious, like, do
0: people come up and like, well, you know, uh, some of your team is out working, like putting some plants in because I see them on the one entrance I go by when I drop off my student or my kid to at a school and I'm coming into campus and I see like they're completely redoing a bed. And like, I wonder if some folks that see that happening come up, like, hey, what are you planting? Like, and oh, uh, yeah. like, like, asking all sorts of like, I can never get my plants to look like this. High. What are you all doing? Like, are you yeah. trying
1: to get advice and things like that. Is that happening? Absolutely all the time. And so we want our people to be the experts, we don't mm-hmm. want them to go. I don't know. This is just what they told me to do, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and a lot of our people we hire don't know any very few plant names. They know very little about the plant. So we're, we want them to be the expert. So we, we work hard to train them about what the, what the plant name is, mm-hmm. what this plant likes and get them thinking and talking. And, and, and a lot of times now when I'm asked to speak about plants, I'm either letting one of my staff members do it or at least go with me and let them do part of it because yeah. I want them to grow their confidence. And I want them to tell that person how to do those things. Yeah, you got to do this. you got to make sure you get eight hours of sunlight and yeah, yeah. all those type of things. So absolutely.
0: That's right. So we've already kind of touched on some of these things, like thinking about some of the connections to teaching, and, and this is obviously a teaching book, right? And, and you're you're doing things to to teach these uh, common words and common terms. We talked about the power of having a common vocabulary, common vernacular. Was there anything else like with, within that that, well, or at least two, maybe even thinking about how did you select the words that you did, and what was the, maybe some of that process?
1: What I the way I selected the words is I I kept sort of a running list in my head of what terms I kept hearing over and over. Mm. And then I would interview uh, especially some of our staff and just ask them um, and just listen to them talk and and things that they would say. Uh, Pinch points for me and or pain points a lot of times like circling back, closing that loop on communication. That was that's a big one for me is because you send something out to be taken care of. But if you never hear back, you don't know if it got if that got completed. So. It was a, a process of, of those areas just to work out those words on that, and then uh, and then trying to make make sure that those words have alignment in other industries as well, mm-hmm. um, like extra mile uh, or second mile. Yeah. You know that was something that Chick Fil A has taught us. You know, Dan Definitely, Cathy yeah. really was the master of second mile service, and then uh, but I learned. That most people say the extra mile, that mm-hmm. they don't say second mile. So just yeah, doing those kind of research a little bit and figure what works best.
0: And how did you decide to to jump right in into using these stories to to communicate these important <sighs> concepts?
1: You know, we 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 learn with stories, right? Um, yeah. We see the we see the teachers of all ages of of the generations. It, it's stories. Um, it, every every time as we listen to the professionals talk, people say, use stories. People love stories. You keep their attention. And it's so true. We love a good little story. And so that's that's what I found is how can I teach this principle? How can I teach this word dependable? How can I put that in a positive story so that we can you know, maybe it's memorable for that person who listens and, and they, they walk away with that. Now their their life has changed for a better reason or, or, you know, for something positive through that story.
0: Yeah, I was reading one, the Work Smarter, Not Harder um, page or chapter in the book and the story about the uh, moving a wheelbarrow, right? Because they're like digging out some dirt and they're just throwing the dirt to the wheelbarrow with it. One of the people in the story moves the wheelbarrow closer in order to just put it directly into the wheelbarrow. I'm like, well, why'd you do that? We could have, we could have just like, this is a waste of time. Why don't we just, we could just keep throwing the dirt over there. And the guy's like, well, if it, it's harder to do that, it's harder to throw it. It's uh, a, it also gets messier and we'd have to clean up that. And after, you know, after we're done, we still have to finish by cleaning up the dirt that wouldn't miss the wheelbarrow. And so this'll just, we'll get it done. We'll get it done quicker and we'll we'll be out of here. So it's the idea of, I mean, It's a very simple thing, but I can think of all many different ways that I've done things where I didn't do that. And it caused me to that thing that I was trying to short, I thought I was going to shortcut that ended up being longer because I didn't work smarter. Like I definitely worked harder in those cases, but simple, I
1: like the simple stories that do that. Well, the way you grew up, the way I grew up and then the way our listeners grew up, we all had influences in our lives that, that really shaped us. And I didn't realize how... My dad had shaped me and then my older brother in that make the job easier, right? Don't bring that wheelbarrow closer, Uh, be efficient. And that really has got into my DNA. Uh, I really realized this over Christmas holidays that I was working with my brother-in-law and we were building out some of his shop stuff. And apparently I'm a real process person because as we were doing it, I just started lining up things to go quicker not everybody thinks like that, right? And when you hire people in, they don't think about efficient. They're just thinking, we get off at, you know, 3 o'clock, and they're not yeah. thinking about, you know, we've got to be efficient because we have to make money in order to be sustainable. And that's true in higher ed. We have mm-hmm. to be – we have to stay within budget or we have to meet budget yeah. because – Uh, our bosses have choices, you know, they can pick other people to do this landscaping. It doesn't have to be us. Right. And so we got to be efficient. And, and that's what I'm hoping that those, those spinoffs from conversations like that, that leaders can have those conversations.
0: Yeah. That's a lesson too, that like that, I mean, even the working smarter and harder, being efficient with the, with teaching as well. Like I remember, I'd always keep a clock in my head of, I'd have like maybe a hundred students in a semester when I was teaching high school math, even more than that, and thinking about, okay, I'm if I'm giving this assignment and I'm going to be grading it, one, I want to make sure that every single problem on there is doing something for the student to demonstrate some sort of understanding. Because if it's not, right. that's 120 times, <laughs> times, however much time it took to grade that one. If it's not doing anything for me, then what are we doing? And then also thinking about the process for which I'm doing it. Like, am I going to just look at every, pa- every front page or am I going to page through every single one and grade it like versus no no it made more sense to do it that way uh, to look at the same page at the same time because it was more efficient that way then i was in the mindset of looking at one problem and thinking about all the different ways that kids could be solving it you know yeah. the efficiency pieces and it's like it's those same lessons can be can be taught when we're working with plants when we're working working in the classroom same thing
1: I have to, you know, just a funny side story. I have to turn that efficiency button off when it comes to family time and, and relationship right. times, right? Because I still could, I'm, I'm just, we're just, some of us are just wired that way. Mm-hmm. So I had to tune that down a little bit. Yeah, we're yeah. playing games, you know, and okay, not, it's not all about efficiency, Jeff. It's just yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's exactly, exactly it.
1: Um,
0: and then also to this idea of, you know, again, like the picture on the cover kind of shows the intent for how this is used, but like this idea of learning together and like, uh, you know, I don't, I think we've, uh, we've, we know how powerful it is when we learn together, but like what, what are some of the things that you've seen with this idea about learning together and the power of that within what you do at the university?
1: Well, people, people think about it, Joel, if our bosses come up to us and ask us, our opinion. Joel, I, I like your opinion on this. I'd like your feedback on this. Can mm-hmm. you give me some input? What does that, what does that say? I mean, oh, yeah. it, you know, one, he values you or she values you and, and wants, wants what you say and, and, and says that your, your words matter. They're important to our organization. We need that. Yeah. So I, the process of this allows us to interact with our teams and hopefully we can get them to interact and talk because when people hear themselves saying things and they talk about their values, it really solidifies it in in their habits and their behaviors and their thoughts. And so uh, I do this on campus with our, with our staff and my whole goal is not for me to talk to them or, or, you know, give my point. I want them to interact and say and, and answer questions. I love it when they come up with questions, but you know when they're giving their input and and answering things, letting them hear themselves talk that way really I have found matures them and it mm-hmm. grows them yeah um and they're talking in front of their peers now, and they're saying things that that are how they believe and and now we've got some commonality we got some things that we grow as a team. Yeah, I believe like that too. Yeah, we should, you know, we in order to build trust, we got to be here on time. You know, we got we can't wait till 5 after cuz that frustrates everybody cuz they're mm-hmm. trying to leave and go and yeah, that makes sense. And so there you don't get to have those conversations in a group very often, so I have found if we pause and do those conversations It makes us stronger and it it makes it, honestly, it makes us more efficient because when we trust each other, the speed of trust, you know, we production goes up, but when we don't trust each other, everything slows down. Yeah.
0: And I I guess too, there's one other thing that I think kind of ties into that, but also this idea of learning together, but the idea of the context in which you're learning together. I mean, and, and again, you put on the cover, like, uh, two guys sitting on a tailgate like talking versus, or like, you know, in Horschel's, he talks about the stand up, huddle kind of space right. and like the importance of content. If you put that same conversation in a classroom, right. In another context, it just, it wouldn't have the same thing where we're, Hey, we're standing around. We're in the place that we already work. We're, we're, we talk to these people. Now we're just talking about these concepts or these words together and like how important that is versus like the, you know, like, and then tying into that also ties into the stories too, that you're using, like, like context matters, right? This context of, of where we're doing, how we're doing it to make sure that it is a safe place to, you know, you're trying, you might be trying out some words that you haven't Maybe like never, I don't think I have a, actually used the word circle back into a conversation, but if we have a common understanding about it and we've talked about it, like, Hey, when I say circle back, it actually means something, but I'm, I need a safe place to try that out. And that could be in
1: these conversations that you're having with your team. That's true. I mean, something that you just said about the picture, um, I don't don't know if I did this intentionally or not, but I'm going to say I did since you just brought this up as a good point. (laughs) But if you ever pick up a product at the store and you don't know what it is, you instantly are looking for a picture that shows you quickly how to use that product mm-hmm. right and the packages that don't show you that that just are full of context it's harder to understand it's it's just you want a quick easy diagram to understand and i feel like what you're saying here is yes this this is a great way to apply it um on on literally on a tailgate you know, yeah. in a in a huddle, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's your stand up meeting, and so that's what I'm hoping because a lot of the a lot of the groups that I do work with and talk to, um, they're getting ready to go out in the morning. Maybe you just have a you stop for five minutes and have a huddle, yeah. you know, and that's the 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 bigger com- the companies that are wanting to become even more successful realize that they have to have alignment with their team, right? From top to bottom, it's got to be alignment. But if nobody is working on alignment at 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 all levels, it doesn't magically happen it's it's a it takes effort to get alignment and and cultivate the book help will help get alignment in organizations of the core values i believe
0: yeah and I think i mean there's again, I could say the same thing, like having a classroom conversation, I actually do something a little similar to this where I have like five behaviors that we kind of talk about in my classrooms and we'll do one every day. And so it is like a two to three minute thing and and we're in a classroom space. So that works because we're all teachers. Um, But even thinking about reinforcing and saying, so when I say stay fit, like the kids know that I'm not just talking about. You know, physical fitness, but I'm talking about mental fitness. I'm talking about um, spiritual fitness, possibly talking about like taking care of one's needs in in order to make sure that you make sure you're rested and all that good stuff. Um, And so there's there's potential there for that. And also going back to context, like uh, one thing I forgot to say is like one of our uh, doctoral students here at the uh, university is studying the use of vertical non-permanent services. For doing math problems, so rather than doing them at pen and paper at your desk, like standing up and doing them at a at a marker board on on the wall, right? And they're showing, and there is research to say like there is a difference, like the simple difference of just standing up together, like in kind of a huddle, and and learning together in that space. There's something different about that, right? And so, like, hey, I'm just saying, there's research behind what you're doing too.
1: <laughs> so that's good. That's good. Uh, you know, you you the, the the academics like like you help uh, yourself and your, your colleagues help validate, you know what others have done, and then I'm just trying to I'm just trying to give us a niche, give our team our niche, a little a tool that you have already proven and research says it works. So, oh, but here's the thing: if you don't read it and you don't use it, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> it's well, like going it's, to your it's yeah. like going to your classroom if you don't do the work. Right, those, those students are the ones that that may struggle. Yeah, in, in other things.
0: Well, also too, you you've seen you've seen this work. I mean, like we talked about the success of you know some of these other you know authors. We were talking about you've seen success in what you're doing, and so it's like like it that the fact that in, in a book you're trying to capture some of these things and then share it. And I like that with with this book, and then also with your previous book.
1: I think one of the big things that I listened to us. We had a speaker come in yesterday. I hired a guy came in from from Chicago, and he was he's awesome. But the one difference that I kept hearing is he hasn't been doing what I'm doing. Right. So, you know, my daytime hustle working with, with, uh, working with teams and working with property management and doing those type of things. And that's where I draw from the experience Mm -hmm. that I have where his was good, but he, he wasn't able to, he can't teach to me how I'm teaching. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to teach like he does, but, and that's fine. But I just feel like, man, there's, there's something about taking lessons from somebody who's gone through the trenches and has actually oh, yeah. had to do like when you have a crew of people who just sit there and give you like they're they cross their arms, they got sunglasses on in the inside the room and <laughs> and they're not showing you any love, right? They're not going to give you any warm fuzzies <laughs> and they're just kind of like, you just kind of feel like, holy cow, what's the, why is there so much tension in the room? You know, I've had to do that. Often I speak Mm -hmm. to a lot of people who have that mindset. (laughs) I hate this kind of stuff or whatever. And how do you get them to lean in and participate? And so um, I think because of what I've been doing this for, for a while, it's kind of given me the edge and helping people, you know, soften the hearts of some of those hard ones and, and help help crack it and start building that good team where culture matters. I, I spoke to a group at another university last month and one of their things is their people were saying, we don't want to go to a meeting. We don't want to do any meetings. Well, what was happening And you kind of read between the line. They didn't want accountability. Mm. And, and so we, you know, they were really pushing back on the meetings. And, and we were able to unpack a little bit of like, First of all, let's talk about what's the purpose of a meeting. right? And for them, it was like, oh, they're boring, they're long, there's they da da da, da, da. It's like, well, that's not the purpose, right? The purpose is, and then we just kind of listed, you know, sometimes it was like to communicate. But then we started to talk about really a, a meeting's about development because mm-hmm. the leader doesn't always have to lead the meeting. You could actually lead the meeting. Then mm-hmm. the faces, you know, everybody was like, "What? You're going to make me lead the meeting?" You know, and it's just, you know, it was fun to unpack it because uh you, people get these perceptions and these ideas, and they don't want to do it. So the leader kind of caves into it, yeah. and, and so you've got to, you've got to now to know how to work around that and soften it, pour some water on it, let mm-hmm. it get loose, and then plow it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
0: Yeah. So, Jeff, I'm I'm sure in writing the book that you, um. You know, you're kind of gleaning some things from your own experience. You're you're like you said, you had some conversations with you know your employees to talk about, hey, what are some things that are popping up to you? What are some words to be able to use? What are some stories possibly? So what have you done differently having written this book?
1: I, th- I think for me, this book is because it was so the intellectual property was mine. Right. I, it came from me. And and Weeders to Leaders, my first leadership book was a lot of the what I had done, the, the past, the story. Yeah. So this this book was was a little bit more nervous uh in launching it because how how will it be perceived, how will it be used? And so that 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 to me was a little bit more of a challenge to me to do that, as opposed to telling you, hey, this is what this is how we've done it in the past and this yeah. is how we've been successful. So it's pushed me out of my comfort zone. Every every book I've written, I've written three, has pushed me out of my comfort zone, right? Um, Don't wish it was easier. Wish I was better. And so (laughs) I'm working to be better, right? So that it comes more natural.
0: Nice. Um, So in the beginning of the book, and again, I appreciate this because you got to teach people, you know, teach people how to participate is being in the book, you give some instructions for how to use the book. How would you not want readers to use this book? What cautions might you have?
1: I think you, there's two things. One is you, you, you don't use it One, you just don't read it. That was, yeah. but then second is I have seen this and it's rare, re- really, it's just unfortunate, but I've seen leaders in positions who use things like this to ma- ma- manipulate their, their group, right? Ooh, they use okay. it to hold over their heads And they they use it as a scare tactics and stuff. And and things can be twisted. Um, Just for example, I'll give you a quick example. Our bosses have a choice on who they want to do the landscaping here at Ole Miss. Mm. We can be an in-house operation or they could outsource it. They could outsource it to another company if I'm a leader who's not valued in, in, in core principles of honesty and trust and integrity, I'm going to, I may use that and say, if y'all don't do your job, we're going to, we're going to just outsource y'all. We're going to get rid of y'all.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: now I'm using a fear tactic. Yeah. Right. And, and I've seen that happen and it's not pretty and it's not, that's not the way that should be done, but we need to just have that discussion and say, why would they pick anybody else? Cause we're going to be the best. We want to be the best of the best, and we're going to be so top-notch that our folks are going to be looking for – they're going to be bragging on us on how good we are, right? And to me, that's the latter approach is is a better approach. And so I think if you took the book, you could twist it that way.
0: Yeah, Uh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, So, you know, one thing we do we're, we're at Amazon Planet, we're trying to learn how to teach better. And again, you're, you're writing books, you're, you're talking both to your employees, but I know you also talk to other organizations that you mentioned a couple of times here in the, in the conversation. What is the best thing on the top of your mind? (laughs) What's the best thing you've learned lately to help you learn, to help you teach
1: better? Listen, I mean, how many times do we have to relearn that? Mm. Listen, I have found the best leaders, the leaders who are at the higher levels are really good listeners. People will cut them off when they're talking and they stop talking and listen. They listen. And and to me, that's just, that's, a, that's an important lesson is to continually listen, ask good questions and listen. And if you're around really, really good people that, which is all the time, take notes, right? Mm-hmm. Take notes. And uh, so that's probably my takeaway on that.
0: Well, I just, I'm just tying it back to that example you gave before about the, the group that did not want any more meetings, right? The leader could have heard that, just that one comment and went, oh, okay, I need to uh, maybe make shorter meetings, make less meetings and do, you know, do all this sort of stuff, ag- acquiesce to whatever the demands are. But then you're talking about, wait, 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 let's unpack this. So that means, that does mean asking questions and listening and hearing, like, what's the motivation here? What What are we trying to what's, what's the reason for this comment? Not just like putting your own thinking and own understanding on it, but actually then like, no, let's say more. Let's, let's, let's dive into that, which means again, more listening.
1: And you're right. That's exactly what the leader had done. They had stopped having meetings and they were, he was actually trying to call them something else so that they could have something, do something. (laughs) But they, they were, they were undermining him. They did not have alignment and when you don't have alignment in the organization you're going to be inefficient and you're going to struggle um in a lot of areas so getting alignment getting alignment with our core values and then the way the way we work our communication is 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 critical and i think this is helps us have the book cultivate helps us have those conversations to get alignment
0: yeah so, like, one of the things that I'm going to be doing this next semester is uh, I teach like our basic kind of um, learning how to lesson plan and design and enact instruction. And one of the things we talk about is the is the 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 importance of making sure students have an understanding of the vocabulary. Can they define it? Can because when we start using words and things that that the students don't understand, and you're starting there, and like, so you can't even communicate basically is if you don't have that same common vocabulary that there's not that understanding vocabulary, well then all the other stuff that you're trying to accomplish, all these loftier things are not going to happen. Cause you're, you already can't communicate. And right. so I just, appreciate that about the book and that's where it's started. It's starting with, Hey, when we're talking about this, this is what we mean. And so I think that's a, again, a great way to align and get everyone on the same page within, within an
1: organization. We don't realize in our own little culture, we have our own little language. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get around anybody who was former military, they speak in acronyms, right? That's, right. That's all. Yeah, and yeah. they all know them, and and they speak in them quickly. I have a good friend who works on campus, a former Navy guy, twenty two years in the Navy, but he speaks he speaks in acronyms. So we were at dinner the other night, and I was like, "So what does that mean? <laughs> you know what? What do those three <laughs> letters mean? Yeah. Slow down. I do. I don't know what you're talking about." And he's an engineer by trade, and so it's funny and uh it's just total engineer mode so yeah and and even our little landscape department we have our own little culture our own little language and we don't realize people don't understand what it means to circle back they don't know what it means i for detail yeah. um you know what is, what does it mean to adapt and overcome right that's mm-hmm. one of our core values and so yeah you've got to have that you actually want to unpack it because what ultimately you want them to be successful if they're successful, the organization's successful. You'll you'll be successful. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely,
0: that's great, Jeff. So, besides uh, the book, again, the book is "Cultivate Tailgate Huddles to Grow Stronger Teams," uh, which is available in all the
1: all the places that you want to yeah. get books. Um, anything to promote? Well, I'm I'm getting you know I'm really excited about 2023 because I'm I'm going to start a, a community. Um, I want to start a community of of people who are are leaders who want to go to the next level, whatever that is. And it's going to be a a cross-culture of of leaders. And so I'm I'm just looking forward to starting that as a a peer group, basically a peer group. It'll be a a group of people to kind of encourage one another, hold each other accountable, and help each other see things that we may not see ourselves because we're too close to it. So I'm really excited about my peer group that's starting this year. Nice.
0: Nice. And we'll put... uh... Links to the book, links to uh, your website, because there's opportunities that people can, you know, you got your your other books that people want, may want to get, and and then also too if they want to get you to set up an event, there's also links there for that too as well. So we'll we'll put well, links you. to that all in the show notes, and so people can access that.
1: Awesome, thanks, appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity.
0: Well, thanks for your time, Jeff. Appreciate it. That is going to do it for this episode of the Amazon Planet Podcast. Show notes can be found at amazonplanet.com forward slash episode eighty six. Now, for those of you looking for ways to support the podcast, you can submit a question, comment, or suggestion to the mailbag by sending an email to joel at com. We love seeing those and just hearing, getting a little interaction. <laughs> I don't do a lot of lecturing in my classes, so it's great anytime, get some interaction with folks from either these face-to-face interactions or also sending an email to joel at com. So looking forward to receiving those. You can also... Subscribe, rate, and review, and share this episode, which will allow more people looking for similar content in order to find it, right? So and as always, you can follow at Amazon Planet on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or like the Amazon Planet Facebook page. In addition, you can subscribe to the Amazon Planet download, which contains teaching resources and updates from Amazon Planet. Finally, check out the Amazon Planet store or Amazon Planet Bookshop. Links are in the footer at AmazonPlanet.com where your purchases support the production costs of the podcast. Thank you for spending time on Amazon Planet. Thanks to Jeff for sharing his time and expertise. Thanks to Matt Mifflin for the music in this episode. And finally, thank you to all of you out there learning to teach better and be the good in the world by investing in the lives of others. This world is a better place because you have decided to use the gifts you've been given to serve others. Thank you for all that you do. Peace.